Listen to ordinary people who lead extraordinary lives. Their leadership styles forever impressed in the hearts and minds of people, be it in their professions, personal life, and or in communities by being an example of greatness. Be inspired by these personal stories and prepare to be both moved and motivated as Maurice Manley II, the serial entrepreneur, interviews present and future icons. Challenge yourself to recognize the leader that lives within so that you may continue to grow and experience amazing things in life. We are all capable of leadership. Take charge and lead up. You are listening to episode number 24. Personal image is everything. PR leader and CEO Jay Gray shares how she led herself from a place of uncertainty to a space of confidence and assurance. She talks about how a TV show opened her up to her current career path. Jay is an official trailblazer. Get ready to hear some of her intimate life stories and how she reconciled her differences. I now introduce to you, Jay Gray. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Lead Up. I have in the building... Jay Gray of Images Everything PR Branding Marketing Firm. How are you? I'm amazing. I'm excited to be here with you. I'm excited to have you here. Thank you for coming. Your firm, I read somewhere, and correct me if I'm wrong, is the first black-owned PR firm? Is, it's is not that- the first black-owned PR firm. It is the first black-owned black-operated and black beauty advocating marketing and management agency. Ah. <laughs> Explain that a little, that whole, whole blur. Yeah. So, um, I guess we'll start just by talking about the beauty industry specifically. Okay. So, the beauty industry, which we all know, has been very segregated and um, not very friendly to women of color, specifically black women. And so when I started in my journey of public relations, I was just working in the beauty field. And when I started to notice um, these disenfranchisements for black women, Mm -hmm. I immediately started to try to help and support them. And that's what kind of pivoted my agency, which was originally just doing traditional public relations, into really being an advocate for black women in the beauty industry. And I didn't even recognize it until other people started to tell me, your agency literally focuses on getting black women into mainstream beauty programs and projects and also advocates for equal pay for them. And again, it was other people that had me realize that I had the only agency that was doing this. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) That's huge. Congratulations. Thank you. Congrats. That's... (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> I like to look at it kind of like as my version of activism. Okay. And how long, you've been in business how long now? I've had my agency for eight years. I've been doing um, public relations, branding, and marketing for over 10 years. Yeah, a long time. Because you've mm-hmm. worked with famous people like mm-hmm. Kardashians and Yes, <laughs> the MTV, beginning of the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so have. you've had a long um, experiential career. I have. Yeah. And I, so let me ask this, does, how much of your prior experiences working with, you know, um, celebrities, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. how much does that, I guess, help or impact what you currently do now in your business? Oh, it's a major impact. Um, Being around what other people consider a celebrity, it allowed me to understand how my clients should be treated. It allowed me... Um, deeper insight to see how much money people were actually getting paid just to be who they are, mm-hmm. as well as for a service that they were providing. So it helps me negotiate on behalf of my clients. Okay. How do you determine um, which people and which brands to to match up with? I let my like my soul speak to me. 
I um, I will have a conversation with anyone who's interested in services or interested in represent, um, representation, but I just let my inside, my inner voice lead me hmm. because every time that I have not listened, it hasn't turned out in my favor. So now to this day, I've turned down what I thought would be a major deal, a major project, m amounts of money I've never seen before, just because I just didn't feel right about it. Mm. So it's so a gut or intuition exactly. type of feeling. Exactly. Okay. And does that, or has that interfered with the client? Because let's say an opportunity comes in, it may seem as mm -hmm. like it's big and it's prestigious. The client's like, oh, that's perfect for what I want to do, but it doesn't speak to your soul. Mm -hmm. Is there a discrepancy when you're like, uh, yeah, about that? I don't think you <laughs> should go that well, way. Fortunately enough, um, I've been in, in a position where I have yet to, and I don't think I ever will have to take on a client. And what I mean by that is my circumstances have never been so bad to where I've had to work with someone. So all of my current clients are people who I literally have built a relationship and a bond with even before they became my client. Okay. And so just like a friendship or, or it's a very thin line between a friendship and them being my client. Um, because I, I never like to cross those lines. Yes. So what this has allowed is and they really, really trust me and they trust my mm -hmm. judgment. So if I say no, I typically have an explanation or I'm able to identify and show them exactly why I would be saying no. And I've never had one client to this day say, I want to do it anyway. Yeah. Um, there has been times where I've been like, this project or this deal looks like a no. Let me see after I speak with them, if we can get some things changed or rearranged and turn it into a yes. So we have had things like that happen. Okay. But no, I've been fortunate enough to, when I say no, my clients are like, it's a no. That's yeah. very good. Mm -hmm. I wonder how, and I guess you'll cross that bridge when you get there, but as you continue to, to grow and scale and acquire more clients, how that transfers or because I, Obviously, as you grow and you get clients, you may not have that interpersonal relationship that you currently have with your existing clients. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you will. I don't know. But let's just say you don't have that type of relationship. It'll be interesting to see how those two kind of work together, your your spirit and your gut versus what this new client sees as a great opportunity and you're like oh, I don't think that's good for us and them not knowing you mm -hmm. well I think that's gonna that's gonna be um depend on me if I listen to my gut from the beginning in terms of which clients to take on uh. if I don't listen then I think there will be a potential that I will have a client who doesn't resonate as well and there will be some um butting of heads when yeah. it comes to certain projects but I think if I listen in the beginning and, I, and I'm guided in a certain direction, I will continue to only get the clients mm. that are for me, that do trust me, and are aligned with my vision. That's the main thing. A lot of people go after clients. I, I don't go after clients. My clients typically come to me, and I talk to them about how they believe, how they manifest, what their end goal is. And mm. if it doesn't resonate with the way that I do things, I can't work with them. Because the luxury of me owning my own business and running my own agency is I get to make the decisions. My clients are, quote unquote, my boss, but I'm making the decisions. Mm -hmm. So the moment I give up my power, the decisions are going to be made for me from here on out. Right. Starting from that very beginning of, should I work with this client or not? Are, are our goals and is our vision aligned? Do we speak the same language mm -hmm. beyond English? Do yeah, you know? Yeah. So those things matter in the beginning. Yes. And it's like when you don't follow those things, you're screwed up in the so, end. But that's life, right? It is. It is. When it's when you hear that voice say, "Turn left," and you're like, "But I know if I go right, it's a shortcut," and and you make it right, and everything goes wrong. That's <laughs> how life goes. Yeah. That's how life goes. So it's important that we all get to a place to where we trust ourselves correct right mm -hmm. and, and it sounds like you really trust you 
Mm. I'm at a point where I'm forcing myself to trust myself. I grew up until 28 years old, always leaning on everybody else to help me make a decision. Mm. So I decided to pack up and move away to Atlanta where I knew nobody and nothing. And I forced myself to make every decision on my own. Getting a car in Atlanta, getting a place to live in Atlanta, getting a part-time job to sustain my company in Atlanta, everything on my own without asking anybody else, what should I do? I was in a beautiful apartment with nothing in it, sitting there day in and day out, alone, forced Mm -hmm. to figure out who I am, what I like, what I don't like, and trusting myself to make a decision and even knowing if I made a bad decision, trusting myself to make good out of it or figure it out. And so when I moved back to Los Angeles with this newfound trust of self or not even trust, more so um, just allowing myself to work with myself and not depend on other opinions as much, mm-hmm. it's really played out for the best for me. And so now I'm just like, you know, that's four for me trusting myself and zero yeah. for me looking yeah. for others. So I better keep <laughs> trusting myself. And what has helped is just knowing I have friends, I have family, but I'm in this alone. I have to deal with my own consequences of every decision I make. So mm-hmm. if I ask you, what should I do, Maurice? You're going to tell me based off of your experience, based off of your end goals, based off of your vision, because right. you don't know what I really want deep down inside. True. So, In the end, you can't really help me make a decision. You can give me advice on what you would do in my situation. I'm so glad you're saying that. (laughs) I'm no, really, because I tell that to people all the time. They all they seek uh, validation, advice, and opinions, and not that there's anything wrong with it. Mm -hmm. But to intimate what you just said, at the end of the day, you have to make that choice. You have to live with it, and you have to deal with the consequences that come with that or the upside that comes. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, are we playing ourselves by even considering the thought of asking somebody? Yes. <laughs> yes. And I think nine times out of 10, when we ask somebody, all we're looking for is for them to validate what we already feel that we should be doing. We're yeah. just looking for somebody to say, yes, you're right. Without us telling them what we really yeah. want to do. Yeah. 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 Or maybe we fear because we think we don't know. Well, that, uh, that lack of trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And self, self-belief, self-worth. It's just, we can go on a day for that. <laughs> I, you know, I, <laughs> I got to catch myself. <laughs> trust me to move to the next thing. <laughs> How do you manage yourself? And, and I think this is perfect segue. But how do you manage yourself, leading yourself while... Um, managing other leaders and their personalities. And and it may go into what you said earlier about not only trusting your spirit and having this relationship and having the right clients, but they had, they're their own person. They have their own character, their own way of being, um, especially as it pertains to business. And you have your way and your style. And just it, to me, it seems like a, a lot of moving parts mm-hmm. and I'm not fully aware of that industry and how it, how it moves. So I know egos mm-hmm. come into come into play, and that can be um, deterrence at times. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that anything is wrong with the business relationship between you guys, but I mean, face it, this is <laughs> this is what we're dealing with. So in terms of managing your own ego their egos to get to this one singularity mm-hmm. How, is there a communication process is there a um a mindset is is there just a uh, a surrendering and then who surrenders <laughs> like what what is your i think all three of those come into play okay so first i guess i would start with the surrendering a lot of um People who have jobs similar to mine, I realize and have noticed with the new age of social, um, they're very so much forefront and they want to have the spotlight. And they also like to, um, this new thing, I'm my own boss. I'm not my own boss. 
each and every one of my clients is my boss. And I am in a position of service. A lot of people with my title don't realize that. I am here to serve each and every one of my clients. So at times I do surrender because I'm here to serve them. Mm -hmm. We both can't be the leader. A lot of times people think things are 50-50. I don't believe that. Somebody always has to be able to make the final decision. Yes. And that is my client. Right. So, yes, I do surrender one. Okay. I have an amazing client who you know very well, <laughs> um, Felicia Leatherwood, who has helped me in really learning and I, being able to identify ego in myself and in other people. And so a lot of times when ego does um, present itself, I'm able to separate that and and identify and say either that's their ego or that's my ego and kind of take a step back. It comes into play with maybe not responding to a text so quickly, letting the person be upset that you didn't respond so fast so that you have time to identify what's really going on and who you're really speaking to. Okay. And I think you know what I mean by that. Yes. And making the decision and trusting yourself to make the decision. Do I want to respond to the ego or do I want to wait till where whatever's happening with my client is done and we can really talk business or vice versa? Do I want to go into this conversation knowing what I have on my mind and have on my plate and knowing that my ego is right here or do I want to wait? Mm -hmm. Um, I've learned patience a lot lately. And, and waiting, like I said, to respond to that text message, to respond to that email, or not responding at all and picking up the phone and saying, hey, this is how I read this message. This is how I took this message. Was this your intention? Oh, it wasn't? Are you okay? Mm. Do you want to talk about something else? Let's talk about the business later. Let's right. talk about what you're going through. But, again, I have that relationship with my clients where they trust me. I'm more than a manager or a publicist to them. I'm a confidant. I'm a friend. Sometimes I'm a therapist. Sometimes yeah. I just sit on the phone and listen to them. So again, that comes from in the beginning, me trusting myself to align myself with the proper people to where when I don't respond to them and I talk to them about what's really going on, I'm not being intrusive. I'm yeah. being caring. Right, right. So um, in managing myself, I always think about the end goal. I love my clients so much and I love the relationships that I have with them and I love the financial stability and the everything that they have given me. But I know that tomorrow they can be somebody else's client. Mm -hmm. So it's about managing myself in those ways, knowing that what I have today won't last forever. And so I want to cherish it while I have it. And why let my ego get in the way of that? Why let my ego mess up what could be the last partnership I have with a client? So it is a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. It's a lot. And it's always, it's ongoing, right? Oh, yeah. Always on your mind. Always. Always trying to figure out. Always trying to work things out. And I think that's where we get that, um, that black women are always mad faced from. Because I have tens of millions of things going on in my mind. And I may not want to smile right now because I'm thinking and I'm processing. But, um, yeah, I think everything you said takes, uh, you know, plays a part in those relationships. Why PR? Um, <laughs> I actually went to college to be an English teacher. Really? Yes, because okay. I love to teach. And um, I was in my senior year about to graduate, and I was in my dorm room, and I saw the TV show The Game on BET. Hmm. And this was in its beginning stages where they had a publicist on the show. And she was negotiating and making moves on a Nike commercial set with two football players. I said, what is that? I want to do that. Really? So I went on campus, explained to them what I saw. They said, that's PR. I changed my major, took 18 units at one time to graduate at the same time that I originally was supposed to. And I dived right in. Internships. um, I started in public affairs. So I did government PR. I got kicked out of that. They said that (laughs) I would never be good. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) I got kicked out. Let's back up. Why did you get kicked out of that? You getting kicked out? Because they said that I would never be good enough because I wasn't a liar. I would never lie. I would never tell a white lie. I would never fabricate. I have built my business and my reputation on integrity and honesty and transparency. And in politics, there's a lot of fabrication. Mm-hmm. And also in public relations, because it has a lot to do with selling and upselling. I wouldn't do it. Wow. So they'd say, you got to go. 
you'll never be good at this. Yep. <laughs> this is why you can't listen to other people and take their advice. Exactly. <laughs> because if you do, then that means you stop and you don't continue and you don't have your firm now. Exactly. But then the <laughs> other side of this is your inspiration came from the game TV show. Like who yes. would have thought? <laughs> Everybody's always like, are you serious? Yes. Television. Television. No, well, so <laughs> I know television has a huge impact because mm -hmm. when Different World was out, I knew <laughs> I was going to college and I was going to step with the Kappas and cause, because of Different World, mm -hmm. right? It, it, it has its motivational factors, but the game... I think that's around the time when TV started to decline. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But I saw this lady who was in charge. Yeah. Fearless. Negotiating, making moves, making things happen for other people. Again, service. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because for so long, I believed that my love language was acts of service. And I still believe sometimes that it is, but it's just so ironic to me that I love to serve other people at the same time. But isn't that what we're here, we're all here to do ultimately at the end of the day is to serve? Yes. However, I don't think a lot of people like that. Do I don't mean? think a lot of people like to serve. Ex explain. Um, again, I blame it on social. <laughs> because of social media, I think a lot of people have come to this status of you owe me. I should be in charge. I should be on top. And they don't align that with still being able to serve people. They don't understand that you can have all those things that I just mentioned while still serving others. So they eliminate that service part and just become this, again, boss. Mm. That has such a negative connotation nowadays, being a boss. And I realized that in the more I was serving more people, the more... I was able to have those different statuses of being on top, being valued um, just by serving others. Hmm. Serving others has really helped me in my career. I get that. I, I, my philosophy is if I can en enrich as many people as possible, mm -hmm. I too become richer. Great. Right? Agreed. So if I can serve you and help you get to the next level in your career or in life, that adds more of that. Add, not only does it add value to you, but it adds value to me. Mm -hmm. And then I become a value to you. Exactly. And it just keeps, <laughs> it keeps going. going, right. and, going. and if I can multiply that times 50, 100, 200, 1,000, a million people, mm -hmm. I'm the man. But right? I think you must have a mindset of abundance to do that. Because when you're serving, you're giving correct yes and a lot of people believe that if i give it's gone i don't believe that and i yeah. think that other people that serve don't believe that either but i think the people who are stuck in this mindset of give to me give to me give to me is because they're operating from a space of lack and then when you operate from a space of abundance you understand that you can give everything you have and it's just going to come right back to you so is selfishness and greed would you say that is a coming from a mindset of lack yes and not just a mindset of lack but fear of lack fear of lack mm -hmm. and the difference between the mindset of fear i mean the mindset versus fear mm -hmm. is is what what would you say i think that a fear of lack being afraid, <laughs> always um, constantly thinking that there will not be enough. And I think sometimes a mindset of lack is just coming from a space where there hasn't been enough, where you've maybe been raised where you haven't had it, mm -hmm. but you may not necessarily think that it will always be like that. Fear is that you think I have to hold on to everything because mm -hmm. I'll never get any more. So I think that would be the major difference between the two. Okay. I kind of want to go back to when you took yourself out, out of your home, out of the home as you knew at the time, and you went to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. How did you deal with the abstract concept of the unknown? Mm. I've always been the type, and I'm working on this right now because I, I don't really have patience for a lot of people who, have, who are very fearful. Mm. 
And I had to recognize that that fear comes from the unknown. And when I recognized that when I was afraid of things is because I didn't understand it. So every time now that I'm faced upon something that I may fear, I try to research it, dive into it, walk toward it. Okay. Because as soon as I start to understand a little bit more, I'm no longer afraid. So when I was in Atlanta, that's really what I did. Anything that frightened me, I just dived into it. Right. The worst that could happen is I would go back home. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. And I think, again, like anything else, the worst that can happen, like if it's sales, you're told no. Mm-hmm. If it's a relationship, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. If it's, I don't know, parenting, okay, that could be a little touchy. <laughs> child goes to jail or died like yeah uh, I think that's kind of different but as it pertains to individual Mm -hmm. and I do agree with you 100% the unknown is just because we don't have enough information Mm -hmm. and the more information that we have the better we are suited to tackle this quote-unquote unknown thing it's no longer unknown it becomes a known correct and I kind of think that everything that we are afraid of is something else in our life that we have yet to complete. And it just resurfaces in, with a new face. Mm. So if I am afraid to be alone, um, I probably will hold on to friendships with females that I know are not on my page or level for a longer period of time because I don't want to be alone. Mm. And let's say I never tackle that. And then I get into this amazing relationship that turns sour with a, with a mate, with a male. It'll be the same thing. I never realized how to detach myself from those girlfriends that weren't healthy for me. So now I'm doing the same thing with this male just because I'm afraid to be alone until I figure out how to be okay with being with myself. I'm going to constantly have these situations where I make a bad decision because I'm afraid to be alone. I'm glad you mentioned that. Okay. So real quick, (laughs) (laughs) when you're alone and we just talked about researching and getting more information How would you advise, and because you have intentionally done this, how would you advise someone getting more information on themselves? Because (laughs) they've been with themselves their whole life. And Mm -hmm. people tend to... Have they really? Well, this is the thing. People say, oh, I know me and I know what I'm... (laughs) But us on the outside, we can't judge that because we're not them. So are there some kind of... um, a formula, a steps, or a blueprint that people can, a, a model in which they can say, okay, I need more information on me. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I need to do is, I don't know, maybe isolate myself Correct. from everybody. And now I'm in silence and I'm just sitting <laughs> here. So now what do I do? Well, oh, it's funny you ask that. Because since returning back from Atlanta and being in L.A. for, I think I've been here two and a half years now, I I noticed some relapsing. Mm. So what I started to do is I take these mini retreats completely by myself. People will say they can't afford it. If you can afford an iPhone, you can afford a mini (laughs) retreat. So I would get on like um, one of those like hotel apps, get in hotel affordable for three days. I recently did this. Okay. And do try to do it like every three months. So these would probably be my steps. Go away. Turn off your cell phone. Turn off your laptop. If you can, leave it at home. Leave it in the car. I took a journal. I took um, an iPad for audio, for an audio book. Okay. I took a bottle of wine, bubble bath. So I turned on music in that room for those three days. I got into, I meditated, got into mm. prayer. And when you just get alone and isolate yourself like that, it just starts to happen. I got in a hot bubble bath, sat there, and just dealt with my thoughts and emotions. Mm. A lot of times when certain emotions come up, we try to suppress them. I let them work through me. Okay. And I would journal. This is what I'm feeling right now. When I think of this person and this name comes up, these are my feelings. Mm -hmm. When I think of this past thing that happened to me as a child, these are the emotions and the feelings that I come up with. And it's funny because as you start to write these things out or think about these things, you start to see how everything connects. Mm -hmm. What you've dealt with, what you haven't, what has, um, you know, created new issues or dramas or happiness in your life. I was able to identify what makes me happy. 
And I know myself, I think it's um, something we should throw away with as well, because what are we always doing? Changing and evolving, right? Mm-hmm. So we're always getting to know ourselves because right. the self I knew yesterday may be different today. Yeah. And so um, those, I would say those would be some steps I would definitely take. Go away for at least three days by yourself. Cut off complete communication with the outside world. No texts, no emails. Let your friends and family know you're going to be gone, and that's it. No social. No social. I went down to the restaurant and sat alone. So amazing what I saw. Hmm. People I saw. The interactions I saw. I went and sat at a bar alone. Had great conversation with strangers. Walked up and down the street of that, um, like the area of the hotel. Just living. Yeah. Seeing things that you don't really see or recognize or notice. You know, and spending time sh- by yourself in a room should not be torture. And if it is, that means you need to do it a little, a little more. A little, yeah, I agree. So, yeah, isolation, definitely. <laughs> Journaling. A lot of people say they don't journal. Think about when you were a child and all you did was draw and write. I think mm. drawing is journaling for children. That's how typically you identify when something's wrong with them, right? Because you're looking at what they've drawn and you notice something's not right. It comes out, yeah. Same thing as adults. If you don't want to journal, draw. Stop suppressing so much. Let it out. Yeah, I think those are the ways that you get to know yourself, mm-hmm. get to know who you are, who you're becoming. Excellent advice. I knew you were the right person to ask this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> how do you look into the future for your career and your clients? Ooh, how do I look into the future? Mm-hmm. Um, I ask. <laughs> so at the end of every year, I sit with my clients and I say, what did you what did you want from this year? What did you get? What did you like? And what do you want for next year? And we go through that and I say, how can I improve? Here's ways you can improve. I have an end goal for my personal self and for my business. And they give me their end goals. So I don't try to like make something up. I literally just ask and I ask myself, what do I want? What makes me happy? And if I have to alter things, which scare people, (laughs) I have to alter some things currently that Mm -hmm. are going to get me to my end goal. I'll talk to the clients about, you said you want A, but we've been focused on C. So now we have to completely drop C and focus on A if that's really what you want. Right. So that's how I kind of see into the future for my clients and myself. Really easy. Really simple. So you say. (laughs) Well, you know what? I think, too, when you're trying new things, simplify them as much as possible. Uh Uh-huh. Just just sit down. I think it's step one. Would you say, so I recently heard this... um, I don't know if it's a quote, but I heard Emory, Emory Jones, you know, Jay-Z say, greatness is a process. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say that this is all your process to greatness? Simplification, getting, being alone to, to know yourself and some of the other things that you mentioned? No, because I think I am already great. Okay. So I think... Um, That's one thing that I don't kind of do in terms of when I speak about myself, I don't speak in future tense because if I feel as if I do, I'm always looking for when that happens. Mm. If I'm looking, if I'm doing and working toward greatness, how do I know when I've achieved it? No, I am great. I am greatness. And these are things that help me Mm. in my greatness and help me be great. But no, I'm not doing these things to have greatness or be great. Okay, so how does a person or how does one realize that they are great in this moment right now i think it's making a decision to be great not necessarily realizing you're great and when you make that decision it goes further than just saying i'm great it's doing things and and having actions that relate to that so if we go back to where i said i i have a spirit i have a spirit of excellence and i do everything with integrity Mm -hmm. i'm saying that about myself so that means that I have to do things like that. Yes. When I'm running late, <laughs> I need to make a phone call or a text message because I value somebody's time and I need to let them know this is what's happening. I don't just show up late. Right. That's the difference between integrity and not having integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, if they give me an extra $3 at the drive-thru, most people would just drive away. Here's your $3. You overpaid me. Integrity, not having integrity. So I'm not just saying that I have integrity. I, I'm I'm displaying the actions 
So I think the same thing happens. You say what you are going to be, what you want to be. I'm great. So now I'm going to do everything great. It's just that simple. Yeah. You make it a part of your being every day, yeah. every decision. Make it a part of your being. Every move. I'm taking that. Yeah, go ahead. You can have it. I won't charge you licensing fees. <laughs> you better than me. I'm always like, where my 10%? <laughs> <Right. laughs> um, I'm so caught up in what you just said. I have other questions about it, but I want, I want to move on. Wait a minute. Just let ask me, a question. Yeah, let me, <laughs> let me be present. <laughs> Greatness. This is a, it's a challenge for a lot of people. And I really want to drive home what you just said about being great. Because mm -hmm. everybody doesn't feel great. And they can have, or they will have good intent. They will strive to do these right actions that you mentioned, call, um, make sure they have integrity, try to be honorable with their word. And even still with all of those actions, they don't perceive or see themselves as being great. So that means to me that there's, there's a disconnect in <clears throat> in terms of um, self-perception mm -hmm. versus what reality is and what they're doing. And they don't, they haven't learned how to draw this bridge from, okay, this is how, this is how I'm living my life, but I don't see myself. It's kind of like, I can sit here and say, Jay, you are the most beautiful person I've ever seen. And as I'm saying that, you're thinking, yeah, whatever, I'm not. I'm not beautiful mm -hmm. and you feel you need to put all this makeup on and do your hair and get dressed in, in order to be beautiful but you already are beautiful mm -hmm. you know what I mean mm -hmm. you already are great but you feel like it's a destination that's the disconnect for me ah, you touched on something so this today was extremely challenging for me to get here. Mm -hmm. I woke up extremely early. I'm gonna be on time. I'm gonna do my hair. I'm gonna do makeup. I'm gonna be so pretty on this camera. I woke up at 8 a.m. 7.45 actually. My hair wasn't dry. My hair was ruined. I was trying to fix it. Had some other things I was trying to do at the house. Didn't have time to do my makeup. And I was like, I'm gonna cancel because I need to look pretty. And I stopped myself. And I had to say, what is pretty to you? So I think that is where that disconnect comes. They're striving for greatness, but they don't even understand their own definition of greatness. They're striving to, for, to be pretty. And what's your definition of pretty? And I said, my definition of pretty is me. I think I'm beautiful. Well, this is going to be on camera, and you don't know who's going to watch it. Well, if those people are so stuck on that I didn't have on a full face of makeup and my hair wasn't a certain way, they're not ready to hear what I have to say anyways. And their definition of beautiful probably won't even be mine. So even with my hair and my makeup done in that way, I still won't be beautiful to them. So if I think I'm beautiful, then I need to get up and get out of this house and get to that interview. So that is a thing, I think. So that's why I'm able to confidently say I'm beautiful. I'm able to confidently say I'm great because I have identified what those things mean to me. I'm successful because I've identified what success looks like to me. And so as long as everybody is focused on greatness or success or beauty based on someone else's definition, they will never achieve it. It ties right back into social media. This <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> is probably not even what you were going to say. You clearly see I don't like social media. <laughs> but we need it. We, I mean... It's all part of the, the game. But it tie, but no, what you just said just ties back into everything. It's that R&D, that research and development. Because you took time in your past mm -hmm. to get to know Jay and identify what Jay likes, mm -hmm. what Jay needs, what beauty is to Jay. 
what success is, what greatness is. You created the picture that you want for yourself. Correct. And so because you created it, you now have definitions to kind of read and look at or, mm-hmm. or um, compare. And so using the example of this morning, you went back to your definition. Yes. And said, okay, based on my definition of beauty, I fit the bill. Mm-hmm. So I can go. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And it, and it allows you to live. I would have it's came empowering. here with a completely different attitude had I felt not beautiful sitting here. Thank God. I'd have been timid. I probably wouldn't have wanted to talk. It would have been in my body language. Mm-hmm. But because I was able to have that conversation, because, you, like you said, I identified. That's where that journal, I know we have this idea of what journaling is. Get up and write every morning how your day. I don't journal that way. Mm. My journal has my definitions of beauty. What I want in a spouse. What I want to give to my spouse. What type of parent I want to be. What my marriage looks like. That's what my journal looks like. That's good. That's actually, so I don't even look at that as journaling. I see that as a a business plan, but for life. It's my Bible. Right. (laughs) And I think maybe more people should adopt that um, ideology as Mm -hmm. it pertains to journaling. Because like you just said, people would tell me, oh, you know, maybe you should journal. And I'm like, well... (laughs) <laughs> like, well, just do sit up here and just write everything that I did today and mm-hmm. what I ate and I've tried it I've sat down and I was like okay today I woke up at this time <laughs> I diary. went to the gym and then I had this interesting conversation and it did nothing for me mm-hmm. and so moving forward up until right now this moment people say um yeah, I journal on it, and I'm like, just talking. I don't work. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that concept of idea of writing down your personal definitions of these things, these words that we use, success, greatness, wealth, um, good parenting, good wife, good husband. Yes. What does that mean? What does it look like? How do we identify it? Um, or, or, or are we even being, cause it's possible once you identify these terms, Give a you are already <laughs> either that or you're doing it and mm-hmm. you've been doing it. And because you didn't have the definition, you didn't feel it. You didn't think it, you didn't yep. think it. And you've been beating yourself upside your head, trying to be great. And you already are amazing. Mm-hmm. You're brilliant. Thank you. I receive that. I receive that. <laughs> How do you differentiate yourself? I don't think I do. I think everybody else does because of my integrity. Number one, mm-hmm. I think that's major. Um, I ju- I'm just myself. I am not, um, I'm fully aware that I am not what society deems as certain things, whatever I'm not what society may deem as successful. I'm not what society may deem as beautiful. And I'm okay with those things because I've realized that they attract a certain type of people that I like to be around. And I think that those things, me not changing myself to conform to what society says, Mm -hmm. is what differentiates me from everything else in terms of personal and business. I treat every last one of my clients like they're Beyonce. When it's an event, I'm there early. I'm checking things like the bathroom. Does the bathroom look good enough for my client to come in? Mm. Is this the water my client likes? That makes me different from other people who, oh, this, this is just a little influencer you represented. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. They need to be on first class. They need everything paid for. I, I, treat, I treat my clients like they're amazing. I run my business like a very tight ship. That makes me different. And so I would imagine that's how you treat yourself as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Don't ever go out to eat with me. People hate it. Because if I'm paying for something, I don't yeah. care if it's a dollar. I want exactly what I'm paying for. I want my food hot. If I ask for it to be well, I want it well. If I ask for peas and carrots, I want peas and carrots, not broccoli. Yeah. If I ask for water with no ice and it comes with ice, I'm sending it back. 
everything. Spirit of excellence. Why? Mm. Because if I accept one thing like that, I'll start to accept everything like that in my life. That's and I don't true. want that. Yeah. I always say how you do one thing is how, how you, you do, do everything. Exactly. So Felicia taught me that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So there, there's spillage. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, too many times there's a, again, this disconnect or they don't see the correlation between, oh, I was a little late to the game. I had tickets and I was late. No big deal. But that transfers over to you relate to the meeting. Mm-hmm. You relate to a doctor's appointment. You relate to important events. Mm-hmm. Because there's this rhythm or this pattern or habits that we do. And funny, real quick. It's a great book. Read. You should get it if you haven't got it already. What? It's called Outwitting the Devil. Read it. Excellent, right? Amazing. So, by, for you listeners, Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Mm-hmm. And you remember the part where the devil was talking about the um, the uh, the rhythm, the harmonic rhythm of, mm. of people in life? Go into a little bit more detail. So the devil was telling Napoleon Hill about this uh, rhythm that people get in. He says everything in the universe has a rhythm, mm-hmm. has a pattern whether it's how grass grows or the flowers, the water, the stars, the rotation of the earth, we as human beings have this too. Mm -hmm. And so as we positive or negative, as we do a thing, this rhythm begins to occur. Mm -hmm. And so if it's on the negative end of the spectrum, we start to spiral and we get locked into this rhythm. You remember that? Yes. Okay. And I, when after reading that, I said, this is why, or this is how, how you do one thing it's how you do is how you do everything because mm-hmm. it's that rhythm, it's that mm-hmm. pattern. And, you, and then you get locked in and now you're in, like in the twilight zone and you're stuck and you're like, well, and then you don't know or you don't realize it. And then you look up years have passed. And you're like, man, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And Why? Now I realize, well, you're the sum of all your choices that you've made and the product of such. You got to make new choices so you can have different experiences, different outcomes, different results, so forth and so on, and create a new rhythm. Create a new rhythm. You're really good at like these little catchy phrases. (laughs) (laughs) Create a new rhythm. Thank you. Reminds me of a song, uh, Second to None, Let the Rhythm Take You. (laughs) (laughs) outwitting the devil was amazing i read it in atlanta perfect timing during that time Mm -hmm. see Mm -hmm. how important is it to you to be the creator of that of the first black owned advocate pr that long title like what is what does that really mean to you and for you to be the creator of images everything yes first and only Mm -hmm black owned black operated and black beauty advocating marketing and management agency that's put that on my tombstone (laughs) that's that's how important that is to me because why because i'm all about my people with every bone in my body i am fighting for my people Mm. and for so long i felt useless in the fight Mm. because I wasn't like a political advocate because I, I, I was even searching for like the new Black Panther Party trying to join. Where can I give money? Like I was just so hungry to help because I have this, I have this um, fascination with Black men, and I think I love Black men more than anybody in this world. <laughs> like you guys are just amazing to me. Thank you. And I just feel as if more Black women loved you trusted you empowered you just how much more phenomenal you would be and this world would be for us Mm. and for so long i couldn't figure out how to do and show that for not just black men but just my people in general and so when i was in my um i was in my office and i 
it just kind of fell and fell into me own this space i was i was operating in it in silence because i was afraid i was afraid to lose deals by saying we're black owned and operated and we're supporting black women i was afraid that the white brands would say okay we don't want to work with you guys and it wasn't until again information research understanding i don't need those white brands to make the money i need to make or to make my clients the money they ask for i have plenty of these black owned brands that we could survive with. Okay, I no longer have to be afraid. Yeah. Why? Because I, I, it's not unknown anymore. Yes. So, and once that happened, I just started to own it. Yes, mm. we are black owned. Yes, we are fighting for black women. It's not fair what they're doing in the beauty industry. And that became so important because I finally found my voice of how I could be an advocate, how I could be on the front lines. Yeah. You know, those other ways that like... Um, you know, if we think about like Malcolm or um, Martin, that wasn't my lane. Yeah. So that now when I found my lane and I found like this was my God given talent, this is what I naturally do. And now I'm just going to do it for our people. Now I'm looking at everybody like, how, how's that helping us? Right. <laughs> Everything you do, how does it help us? And the day I have children and they say, I want to do this, I want to be that, great. How can that help your people? Right. Let's figure that out. And when you saying this just reminded me that the government PR firm that you work with, they mm -hmm. were right. You won't be good at this and you won't be good at lying. Mm -hmm. And you trying to align your business or your brand with the other side or the other brands that weren't in alignment with your vision would have been lying. They're right. They're right. And it, you cannot lie. You don't lie well. You don't lie to yourself. You, so that's why that didn't. Yeah, that's that wasn't your truth. You're right. You're absolutely right. Just came to me. I, I just thought I'd say that. <laughs> You're I, I absolutely don't know. right. <laughs> but yeah, it's very important. I love it. And then my new thing is, I wanted to um, pour everything that I've learned into other Black women. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we're, we've hired and we have orientation on Wednesday. I told uh, a beauty brand last year, it's my goal to pay 15 women to teach them how mm. to run my agency because they will run it. They will be rich. They will be millionaires, billionaires, whatever they want to do running my agency, giving back to our people. Wow. I don't need it. I, I, people ask me, how are you just giving away your contacts? How are you just, I don't need that. I created all of that. Yeah. I can recreate it. There's a lot more. I'm trying to give it to everybody else. It's phenomenal. Yeah. It's enough. There's it's an so much. It's plenty. <laughs> it's plenty. It's endless. It's plenty. It's endless. A few more questions. Mm -hmm. uh, what makes a leader great and iconic to you? Jeez. Oh, what makes a leader great and, and iconic? iconic. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Well, I think I'll probably have to start with my definition of a leader, which, ugh, what is a leader? What makes a leader great? I think a great leader leads or inspires. I think a great leader inspires through, inspires action. A great leader will, is, yeah, a great leader inspires action through positive practical examples, basically. Mm -hmm. And I think what makes a leader great is selflessness. Someone that's just willing to give themselves in order to increase someone else. I think a leader is typically not the brightest shining star. Mm. I think the leader is typically in the background, a great leader, an iconic leader. Mm -hmm. Everybody probably doesn't even know that leader's name or who they are, but they've been impacted or touched by that leader's actions or work. Um, and I think what really makes them iconic is just that their work, again, or their 
for lack of a better term, disciples from their actions continues their work. Yes. And so that leader never really dies because their work never dies. I like that. That makes me think of uh, Baynard Rustin. Not familiar. He was the man behind Martin Luther King. Okay. He's the one that studied Gandhi, came to Martin and said, hey, this is the approach that we need to take. He wrote Martin's speeches. Wow. He was the man behind the man. So you saying that, I said, oh, wow, which is why you haven't heard of him, because you just said you don't know his name. You don't know their names. But their work. They're in the background. Mm-hmm. But their work shows through others. So, wow. yeah. I, li- I like your definition of leader and great leaders. Thank you. That's, that's, that's I have to one. listen to this again so I can remember it. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> what is your current life aspiration and what do you need to manifest it? My current life aspiration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My current life aspiration is probably not going to be as grand as people listening may think. My current life aspiration is to completely separate J from J images everything. Mm. I have been become engulfed in my company and I abused the word sacrifice in growing my company and missed out on a lot of life in my 20s. Um, and so now in my 30s, I really want to live. I want to make memories beyond work. I've traveled all around the world and had amazing time for work. I've met amazing people for work. I've become financially stable because of work. Now I really want to live and enjoy because soon, you know, one day I'll be a wife and then a mother. I'll never ever get back this time alone as just me without any other titles. So I want to enjoy that. So my life aspiration right now is to enjoy life as myself, not having any mask on, as painful as it's going to be for me and people around me being completely authentic. If today I want to smoke weed and I want to party, then I do. Mm -hmm. And if tomorrow I feel like that's the worst thing ever for your body and I'm never doing that again, then I do. Right. I don't want to be held back by anybody else's expectations or definitions of who I am. I want to go even deeper into my dive of self and spirituality. Really identify my creator and have a unbreakable bond. There's times where I'm walking or driving and I feel like I hear my creator speaking to me. I want that to be nonstop at all times. Mm-hmm. I want them right here on my neck. Yeah. <laughs> don't talk to them. Mm-mm. Keep straight. That's that's the type of relationship and bond that I want. And um, I'm fully aware that that means I'm going to have to shed a lot of layers. I'm going to have to possibly lose and maybe regain a lot of friends, a lot of um, partners, maybe even family. I may wake up and my creator may say, this is the last day, image is everything. And I want to be so connected that I'm not afraid to walk away or walk into anything. So that is my current aspiration for my life. Wow. And if it changes tomorrow, I want to be okay with it. Right. Right. So that's my current life aspiration. I'm speechless. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) final question (laughs) I call this and I ask everyone this call it the blank canvas question okay all right so you have a blank canvas like a artist because you are one and you have all these colors before you um and you have the opportunity to paint design architect your life any way you see fit you have accumulated a mass amount of wealth. Your business 
it was, was thriving, is thriving. Maybe you sold it, maybe you gave it, whatever. Money is not even a thing for you. Um, it's off the table, it doesn't matter. How do you, not how do you, what do you paint on this blank canvas for your life? What do I paint? Mm -hmm. What is the picture? Okay. I don't know if it's a picture more so than just colors. That's fine. I'm just going to say what I see in my mind. So at the bottom, there's a lot of red and black. And it's like depicting pain, hurt, and frustration. And then it turns into like a gray. And all I can see right there is Miss J. Gray. And then above that, it turns into versions of like yellows and orange and gold. And it's just like a really happy, peaceful. But all of these colors kind of just like blend together. Mm. And I think that it's kind of showing me like just an evolution. And that's all I see. Growth. Oh, you're really good at that. <laughs> you like take something people say and you're like, well, this is what that is. <laughs> yes, growth. <laughs> yes. It's a beautiful picture. I see it. You see it? I see it. It's a blend, right? Mm -hmm. So you have um, black, right? Which is the accumulation of all colors. And then the black begin. You begin to see all the colors that are were, that were within the black begin to spread out over this canvas, and it's the growth or this the the scaling of these mm -hmm. colors that were all in one, which are your colors. <laughs> I like it. It's good. Can I ask you a question? Of course. What's your definition of a leader or great leader, iconic leader? Someone that has the ability to really serve others. Um, selflessly, as you said, as you mentioned, um, but the intention behind the serving, I think, is what's important for me, which is part of why I do this. I created this platform is I so bad want people to be to to attain and achieve their highest level, their highest version of themselves. Mm -hmm. Why is that in my heart? I don't know. Maybe I was born with it. Um, what I've noticed over my life thus far, since a childhood, people have always come to me for advice or some sort of direction, even if it was just, how do I get to this street? Or do you know where this particular store is at? Without fail, it's happened time and time again. Why me? I don't know. I don't even ask. But when people ask me for advice or they ask me for direction, I give it willingly, gladly. And I love to have an impact on people in their lives. I love being a part of their evolution their process, knowing that I contributed to it. So going back to your original question, for me, the intention of the leader is what makes them great. Um, where the heart is, that's the short version. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I want to take a moment to salute you for your, your business, um, what you're doing for women of color and how you're moving the needle forward in the, in the industry that is predominantly do dominated by um, white PR firms and brands. And you're doing a great work. Thank you. As you said, you're working with my sister and I've seen <laughs> the, um, the transformation that has happened in her life as a result of you and your firm. And I thank you for that. And your, your leadership, and your influence and how you're inspiring other women 
it is so needed and you bring so much value to this world and i just want to take the moment to honor you and tell you thank you thank you now <clears throat> that's out the way Here, <laughs> here's your moment to let everybody know where they can find you how if they're interested in being a part of your firm mm -hmm. Where's your office contact, Instagram, even though you hate social, <laughs> Facebook, this is what it is, phone number, eat what? Go ahead. Give it to you all. So thank you so much for allowing me to be here, Maurice. I really, really appreciate it. You're welcome. This was great. Um, so you all can find Images Everything at www.iie-pr.com. And once you get to the website, you can email us, give us a phone call. You can get the office address, see all of our social platforms. That's the easiest way. And then if you just want to keep up with me, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everything at Miss J Gray. That's M-S-J-G-R-A-Y. Keep it really simple. <laughs> Excellent. Any other questions? Any um, no, I just, your questions are like phenomenal. Number one, Thank you didn't you. ask any like basic questions. <laughs> Every question is like, oh, okay. Now I see why we couldn't prepare for this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they were great. They were Thank great. You. Thank you. This was amazing. I'm so excited. Where do you, where do you want this podcast to go? Funny you asked. I was talking to the producer before you got here. And I have this vision. It's not just the podcast. It's, it's a lifestyle. Okay. Um, so we, we are in the process of creating uh, verticals for this. So the podcast is more or less a funnel to the other aspects, i.e. creating a leadership academy, events, uh, um, clothing, merch that corresponds with the leadership, books, um, talks, and seminars and workshops, um, creative, you know, film, TV, mm. documentaries, and everything is with leadership in mind. Because again, going back to what you asked me in terms of me and being a leader and what's innate in me is to help others become this next level of leadership. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, that's my vision. That's what's in my mind. And that's what I see without giving up too much. <laughs> without spilling, spilling the tea. <laughs> yeah, spilling my, my candy in the lobby. Okay, okay. But that's where it's at. Well, I'll always be a supporter. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. And thank you again for coming out. No problem. This was an honor. This was a great interview. You're going to touch some hearts and souls. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> <laughs> you will. We are out of here. Thank you. Bye-bye. This conversation opened me up to a few things. When journaling, I'm just going to write down goals and ideas. I'm changing my approach to fear. Moving forward, I will always get more than enough information about what it is I fear and observe the fear disappear. If you're looking for or need PR representation, Please do not hesitate to contact Jay Gray by going to her website at www.iie.pr.com or follow her on Instagram at Miss Jay Gray. Continue to inspire others through positive actions, take charge, and lead up.